welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the second morning service of Sunday the 23rd of February 2014, entitled The Spirit of a Servant, and the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 13, verses 4 to 5. Here's Pastor Brian Beaver. That was weak. Good morning. That's better. Uh, praise the Lord. So glad to be here today. And uh, I almost have mixed emotions already. I do not want to see this end. Uh, what we experienced uh, this week has been uh, not a meeting, but a movement of God. And I thank God uh, for uh, every single one of you. I, uh, I make new friends every time. I thank God for new friends. Uh, I'm not that good at Facebook, and some of you are going to laugh and you're already going to snicker because you know that I, I rarely, I rarely uh, respond the way I need to, uh, but there's so many things that I've got on my plate and sometimes so many people that are pulling at me, uh, but do not think because of my, uh, my lack of response it has anything to do with my lack of love. I love each and every one of you very dearly, and I'll do better. Y'all pray for me. I'll do better at trying to respond to Facebook, and uh, uh, so... Uh, you know, I hate saying goodbyes. I don't like to say them. I like to say, see you later. And uh, because if you're a Christian, I'm going to see you one way or another, here, there, or in the air. Amen? And so it's not goodbye, see you later. And, but we've got a lot to do before we say our goodbyes. we got this morning, and then we've got this afternoon and this evening. And I hope and pray for each and every one of you that came. You'll have safety on your way back and travels back to North Wales and to some of part of England. And I thank God. Uh, thank God for the Downies being here this morning. Praise God for them. I love them. Thank God for their kids. I can't believe how old I'm getting, man. Your kids are grown. And when I met them, they were in, they were in, they were in strollers. And it's just unbelievable. You're eating. And that, that has, a, has a way of doing it, doesn't it? But I hope and pray that this morning you'll listen on purpose. I want to be a blessing uh, to each and every one of you. I want to say thank you publicly to Bethel Free Baptist Church and to people here uh, that open uh, their doors and open up their hearts to us and uh, just thank God for the members of Bethel Free Baptist Church. I don't know what Liz we'd do without you. I don't know what we'd do, Carl and Rivka and Jackie and everybody in this room, Tanika, all the members of this church. Thank God for you. Uh, you just, yeah, I thank God for you. You're just uh, such an encouragement to us, Brother Steve, Pastor and his family. I want to say again publicly, uh, Miss Amber, thank you for giving up your bed this week. God bless you. I don't know what I'd do without that young lady. I tell you, she's a, she's a good one. And uh, I thank God for the courtesies. Um, really do. Yeah. And, uh, now I can't even preach. I'm crying. <laughs> can't even do it. No, I know y'all know, know that's a lie. But anyway. Uh all my friends from all over, Panna, Romani, Rosemary, Tyler, and Esme. It's just, it's just great, man. Um, I thank God for uh, the privilege of being here. I really do. And uh, for your being willing to listen to God. Uh, there's been many decisions made this week, Fraser, and I praise God for that. Uh, make sure you solidify them in your heart. And uh, this morning, if I can get through this, because this is one of those messages that uh, is, uh, I mean, it really hits home. Because uh, this, was a, this was the greatest, the greatest character characteristic of our Savior, I think. And, I, you know, I've said this many times, Panos, a, a pulpit is not a place where you get things off your chest. <laughs> it's a place where you get things off your heart. And uh, I hope and pray that today I'll bear my heart to you because I want to do that. I want you to look at John chapter number 13. John chapter number 13 and look at verse number 1. John 13 and verse number 1. It says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should be 
uh, depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own with, uh, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. I thank God for the love of Christ. Look at verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil now having put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, uh, Simon's son, uh, to betray him, Jesus knoweth that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he, had, that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. And after that he poureth water into a base, and he began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto the Lord, unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Are you really going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him and said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Then, Lord, not only my feet when I want you to watch, but also wash my hands and my head, my whole body. Look at what Jesus said to him. He said, He that is washed needeth not saved to wash his feet, but is clean every whit or everywhere. And ye are clean, but not all. Now, ladies and gentlemen, he wasn't talking about his body. He was talking about a certain individual in the disciples' uh, clan. He was talking about Judas Iscariot. He said, you've been cleansed, but not all of you have been. Look at verse number 11. And for he kneweth who should betray him, therefore he, he said, uh, ye are not all clean. So after that, he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and sat down again. He said unto them, Know you what I have done to you. You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so am I. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given unto you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that sent him greater, neither he that sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. I want to bring a message to you this morning entitled How to, be a, how to Have the Spirit of a Servant. How to Have the Spirit of a Servant. Ladies and gentlemen, in the game of American football, uh, you've got teammates. All right, and it's part of a team effort. And I've said many times that the jerseys are the, uh, you know, the things that you made this this week, this weekend. The, the the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back of the jersey. Amen. And so, as part of a team uh, in football, you've got participants, you've got bench people, and then you've got injured reserves. I don't know where you stand today, but ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to be a part of a team, you got to be one of the three. You're either going to be an active participant, you're going to be a benched player because of lack of interest, undisciplined, or just rebellion, or you're going to be part of the injured reserve because you've been hurt. But can I say this? In the game of American football, we've got an intriguing character in the United States. His name's Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow won the Heisman Trophy, one of the most prestigious uh, 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 trophies you can win in American football as a college player. He went on to play in the NFL. He's not playing right now, but just a few years ago, he was a rookie. His first year, Panos, he played for the Denver Broncos. And in his first, literally his first playoff game, they went into overtime, and he threw a pass in the first play of overtime, and it was an 88-yard touchdown. The place was going crazy. They interviewed him after he had thrown that touchdown, and they said, How do you feel, Tim? And he looked at the camera. By the way, Tim Tebow was born into a Christian family. His family's missionaries uh, to uh, uh, individuals over in the, uh, where is it, China? Somewhere like that. Somewhere in Indonesia, somewhere like that. But his family's a missionary family. He was raised in a Christian home, and he's a believer in Jesus Christ. He looked into that camera and he said, I am a servant of the Lord Jesus and I'm here to glorify my Father which is in heaven. Now you know what young people, many of you in this room will never have the status of a man by the name of Tim Tebow to stand before a, listen, a camera and tell a whole world that you are a believer and a follower of Christ and you're going to try to glorify God. You may never have that kind of status but you can have the same spirit that Tim Tebow had. The spirit 
of a servant. You say, preacher, what are you trying to say? Ladies and gentlemen, the word servant is used 500 times in our Bible. 500 times. Matter of fact, one of the first times chronologically it's used is about a man by the name of Job. It said, when, listen, when God looked at the enemy and said, have you not considered my servant Job? A man that is perfect, upright, one that fears God and eschews evil. He said he's a man that's got his nose clean. No skeleton is in his closet. He is a man that's upright. That's the first time the word servant's really used chronologically. Then you go into Joshua chapter number 1, and it says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. So somebody had to take up the reign of leadership. Guess who did it? Joshua. Thank God for a man named Joshua. And in Joshua 24 verse 15, he said, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what? We are called to be servants. Listen, you may never have the status of somebody that has the notoriety of a uh, football player here in the, in, in the UK. You may never have the notoriety of somebody in Parliament. But you can have the same spirit as a person, at, listen, like the, listen, like our loving Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest example of servitude is Jesus Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a woman. What? Servant. You know what? The word spirit literally don't have to do with the Holy Spirit. It's talking about your attitude, your disposition. Do you really have, young people, the attitude of a servant? I'm trying to talk to you this morning about being a servant and having that spirit, that attitude of a servant. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. If you want your light to so shine before men and they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, you better change your attitude. Listen, What's your spirit like? Remember when David was in his prayer closet and he was broken before God after he had sinned with Bathsheba? He said in verse number 10 of chapter 51 in the book of Psalms, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. And ladies and gentlemen, you know what? Proverbs 25, 28 says, He that has no rule over his own spirit, his own attitude, is like a city that's broken down and has no walls. Some of you in here today, you've made shipwreck of some things in your life because of your attitude. What is your attitude like when it comes to service? All right, listen, can I ask you a question today? If you want to know how to serve, do you really want to know how to serve? If you do, then we got to look at the greatest example in the, listen, in the book of who served, who really served. I want you to look with me at verse number 2 again. Chapter number 13, verse number 2. And after supper being ended, the devil having now put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. Let me just stop right there and give you three little truths about this powerful verse of Scripture. Number one, it says that Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. We see, number one, Christ's preeminence. We see the preeminence of our Savior. Do you understand that Colossians 1.17 says, He is before Romani, before all things, and by him all things consist, that he might have the preeminence. I'm here to tell you right now that Jesus Christ owns it all. We see his preeminence. Number two, Tim, we see his preexistence. Look at it says right here in the latter part of the verse. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God. You say, ladies and gentlemen, you say, "What, what in the world are you talking about, preacher? I'm telling you right now that Jesus Christ we see here is preeminent, but number two, he's preexistent. Remember what God said in the Garden of Eden? Remember what he said in the creative process? He looked out and he said, let us make man in our own image. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is, listen, he has no predecessor. He has no successor. He's pre-existent. He is a self-existing one. He is altogether lovely. He is God. He just a God. He He just wasn't was a God. He is God. And he's pre-existent, but not only that, but we see his permanence. Not as only his preeminence, not only his pre-existence, but his permanence. Look at this in the latter part of the verse. Verse number th- uh, 3 says this. He, had gone fr- he was come from God and went to God. Do you ever ask yourself, why did Jesus Christ have to come in the flesh? I'll tell you why. So he could die. 
His permanence. But you know what? He didn't stay in the ground, Brother Downey. He didn't stay in the ground. Thank God three days later after he was crucified and buried, he got up out of the grave. And he has got permanence. He's seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for every single one of us. And God's people said, Amen. you get a B minus for that one. But number one, I want you to see something. Even though he was preeminent, even though he was preexistent, even though he was permanent, he who was so high, Tyler, kneels so low. Look at what he did in verse number four. And he rises from supper and laid aside his garment. Look at what he did. And took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin. He began to wash the disciples' feet. I don't know a more humble picture than the God of the universe getting down and washing the filthy, dirty, nasty feet of his own people. He who was so high, he who was preeminent, he who was permanent, and he who was preexistent got down on his feet, on his knees, and washed the filthy feet of his own disciples. Number one, I want you to see, if you're going to have the spirit of a servant, number one, you must have a submissive spirit. I'll say it again. If you're going to have the spirit of a servant, you're number one going to have to have a submissive spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what? I, I look at Philippians chapter 3 and you know what? Chapter 2 and I just read you those verses about let this mind be in you. But there's not a greater verse in that whole book than the one that precedes those verses. In Philippians 2 and verse number 3 it says, listen, it says these words or verse number 2. It says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. You know what the problem is, guys? I want all of you to look at me. When you're on a team, sometimes if you're not a team player, you'll be a maverick or a lone ranger, and you'll try to jockey for position so you can, and, and you're so competitive that you're afraid that somebody else is going to get a little bit more recognition than you do. And if you're not careful, you'll be doing everything through strife or vainglory. You'll want to pat on the back instead of letting the team get the recognition. By the way, T-E-A-M, team, there ain't no I in that word. Now, I know that's bad English, but it's good preaching, okay? There's no I in team. The Bible says let nothing, are you listening to me say amen? The Bible says let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in what? Lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. I looked that word lowliness up. Tyler, I'll tell you, words mean something in the Bible. The word lowliness means rug. This is crazy. This is literally what the word means. Lowliness means rug walk. You say, are you serious? Yeah. It means rug or carpet walk. Walking on carpet. Can I ask you a question? When we're walking on this carpet that we're walking on this morning, is it lifted up or exalted or is it under our feet? It's under our feet. It's pressed down. You know what the Bible says? Let each esteem other better than themselves. And when you're doing stuff, don't do it through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. You know what the problem is? Is many of us, we want to get the recognition. We want the notoriety instead of letting the Lord Jesus Christ have it. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Listen, if you're going to have the spirit of a servant, number one, you're going to have to do what Jesus did and have a submissive spirit. Listen, he was a king, and who, he who was sovereign didn't take up his scepter. He who was captain didn't take out his sword. He who was, listen, a shepherd didn't take his shepherd's hook. But you know what he did? He got a basin of water and a towel, and he got down and washed his disciples' feet. Can I ask you something? I want all of you young people that's going to uni, look at me. Are you going to university so you can get an education to be somebody? Or are you going to serve somebody? Are you going to work, mom and dad? I want all of you older folk to look at me. Are you going to work so you can uh, raise your family and, 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 make your, and get yourself and promote yourself up the corporate ladder so you can be somebody or you go to serve somebody? I want everybody here at Bethel Free to look at me. Do you come to this church... So you can sit in a pew and be some uh, be, uh, be somebody or you to come to serve somebody. I'll say this again. Don't wait for somebody to be a blessing to you. You go and be a blessing to somebody else. You're welcome. We've got to have a submissive spirit. Jesus Christ got down on his hands and knees. The God of the universe got down and washed the filthy, nasty feet of his own people. When's the last time you had a submissive spirit? I can tell you right now, if you're submissive 
to the will of God, you're not in a more protected, listen, a protected place than you could ever be in your life. You say, well, preacher, I'm my own, I'm my own man. I'm my own lady. I, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know what? Every single one of you in this room, if you're going to have the spirit of a servant, you, number one, going to have to have a submissive spirit. Submissive spirit. But I must move on. Look at the latter part of the chapter. Not only a submissive spirit, but I want you to see this. Not only did Jesus Christ have a submissive spirit, but number two, he had a sensitive spirit. A sensitive spirit. Look at verse number, look at verse number six. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered him and said, What I do, you know not now, but you shall know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered and said, If I don't wash you, you have no part of me. Then, listen, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, don't just wash my feet, but wash my whole body. And Jesus said, Listen, Pete. He, he did say Pete. That's just in the fine print. You've got to read that in the fine print. He said, Pete. He said, You know what? I've washed you. He said, But there comes a time daily where you're going to have to need a cleansing. See, a lot of people didn't realize, listen, when you went traveling in that day, you wore sandals, okay? We don't wear a lot of that here right now in this part of the country at this part of the time of the year because there's a lot of rain, and you know what? You need flippers more than you need flip-flops, okay? So anyway, so, but, but we don't wear sandals a lot, and we don't walk on dusty Galilean streets. We don't walk, on, you know, in, in, in that part of the region. We have pavement, amen? And, and we don't walk on dirty streets. And you know what? The people in that day, though they might bathe that day, they had to have periodically during the day, Carl, they had to have a time where they washed their feet because they got nasty and dirty from traveling. Somebody asked me this weekend, they said, you know what, is it? I heard somebody say one time, we don't have to confess our sins to God because He's already forgiven us from them. Do we really have to confess them? Well, let me ask you something. What, who is confession for? Is confession for us to let God know that we've done something wrong? No. Confession's for us so that we'll acknowledge it. We need to get right with Him. Can I get a witness right there? See, you know what that is? That's cleansing. Confession is like foot washing. You got up this morning and you bathed, but guess what? There comes have to come a time before you go eat that you go into the bathroom and you wash your hands. We use our hands a lot more than we do our feet in this culture. Okay? So we wash our hands. We've already been cleansed, right, Tenica? But we have to have a daily time to where we cleanse that which is dirty. That's what confession is. You know what? Jesus had a sensitive spirit. And you say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, number one, he had a submissive spirit, but number two, he had a sensitive spirit. You say, sensitive to what? Number one, he had a sensitivity to their need. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time that you forsook yourself or you went out of your way to be sensitive enough to seek the need of somebody else? You know what the problem is with the church of Christ sometimes, the church of Jesus Christ? We're so busy shooting our own wounded and, and, and pointing fingers at people that we don't have time to be sensitive to their need. Can I give you a verse? Galatians 6, 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, go to such a one in a spirit of meekness. Listen, don't get on the phone. Don't get out there in the parking lot and start talking about somebody. If you see somebody that's had a fault, ye which are spiritual, go to them in a spirit of meekness and restore such a one, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. I remember it was a guy, Romani, I was sitting on the platform with. And a few years ago, we, we were on the platform and I was getting ready to preach. And this guy looks at me and says, did you hear about so-and-so? I said, no, I didn't. And he just began to just began to just blurt out all this stuff about this preacher was going on, what was going on in his life. He's in immorality. He'd gotten out of ministry and everything. And I heard him say this, Brother Downey. He said, you know, I'd never do that. And I went, oh, really? I said, so you're more holier than David was. You know, we're, we're so critical, aren't we? David was a man after God's own heart, but he committed adultery. He not only committed cold-blooded murder, he committed hot-blooded hot adultery. You know, we're so, we're so critical. Listen, if you see somebody that's got a need, hey, how about going to them? The next verse in Galatians 6 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I believe I've got some comatose individuals in here today. They're about almost asleep. <laughs> Y'all bear with me. All right, I'm going to get through this and you are too, Okay. Number one, listen, Jesus had a submissive spirit. Number two, Jesus had a sensitive spirit. He had a sensitive spirit. Listen, he had a sensitivity, number one, to their need. Number one, their need of cleansing. 
people have made mistakes. Things have happened. You know what? You which are spiritual, go to such a one in a spirit of meekness, right Steve? And try to restore them. Why do we go to them and want them to get right? Because we want them to be restored to the fellowship. But yet so many times we say, had a girl give me, come, come to me one time. She said, uh, I asked her, I said, are you saved? I got saved. She said, I got saved four years ago. I said, do you go to church anywhere? We got a church. I mean, we got young people in our church. I'd love for you to come. She said, well, she said, I got out of church. You used to sing in the choir. I said, why don't you sing in the choir anymore? She said, well, there were some people in the choir. And I, see, she said, you, you don't know this, but I got a child. I got a two-year-old child. She said, I got, I got pregnant out of wedlock. And she said, I was singing in the choir, and when they found out I was pregnant, obviously it was going to show after a while, amen? I mean, it's just going to happen, right? Right, Rosemary, it's just going to show. And anyway, but, you know, it's just going to happen, all right? And so she said, when they saw that I was pregnant, some of them came to me privately and said, you can't sing in the choir no more because you've made a mistake. I looked at her and I said, you know what, are you going to that church now? She said, no, I'm not. I said, it's probably better off you don't. I said, that, that really ain't even a church if that's the way they're going to treat you. And some of you looking at me real cross because you say, how dare you? You know what? I'm telling you right now, it's time for God's people to act like God's people. It's time to have some forgiveness and some forbearance and some, listen, some long-suffering toward others. Because here's the problem. Every single one of you can put on a varnish veneered act. You can try to fake it and you can be a phony all you want to. But God, oh God, thou seest me. God knows about it. Why don't you just go ahead and say, hey, brother, will you come in this room with me and let's pray about this. Stop being a fakeful pride person and just get right with God. Confess your faults one to another. Oh, we're so scared to death we confess a fault or we talk to somebody about something in our life. We know what's going to happen. Hello? Man, I'm going to tell you what. Did you hear about the news? Well, you heretic. I'm going to tell you what I do. Somebody calls me and wants to start some mess like that. You know what I do? I say, come on. I let, come on. We can talk about this. And I go find the individual they're talking about. Let's talk about it right now. Boy, that'll shut them up real quick. Amen? Jesus Christ had a, listen, a sensitive spirit, Brother Downey. He had a sensitive spirit to their need. Their need, number one, pastor of cleansing. There's everybody in this room, you know what you need cleansing. A daily time where we confess our faults and we get right with God. Amen. But not only did he have a sensitive need to their cleansing, but he had a sensitive need to their comfort. Can I tell y'all something? Every, I want you to look around right now, everybody. Just look around you. Do you know what? Within the... Within the time that you just looked, there's somebody in here that's hurting. Somebody hurting. And you know what? Here's the problem. We're so busy that we don't listen to the Spirit of God and be sensitive enough to know, uh, to, to, to be a blessing to those that are hurting. Hey, Jesus, Jesus was here, and you talk about having a sensitive spirit. Remember what he said just moments after they had this upper room encounter where he said, you know what? I'm going to wash your feet. I'm trying to leave you an example. If, you, if I do this to you, you ought also to do it to one another. And then what he said, Frazier, a little bit later, he said, let not your heart be what? Troubled. He knew they were discouraged. He knew they needed comfort. And by the way, Alex McLaren said these words, always preach to hurting people, Gareth. You'll never lack for an audience. Everybody in this room's hurting in some fashion or form. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ was the greatest servant of all. He had a submissive spirit, but he had a sensitive spirit. See, on the back of my lapel mic is a little thing that sticks out. It's called a it's called an antenna. Okay, it's, it's, it's there somewhere. There it is, right there. It's called an antenna. You know what it does? It sends a signal from here back there to that box and gives reception so I, I can be heard. I don't really need that. But anyway, y'all laughing too hard on that, but anyway. But it, tell, it, it, it tells that thing to give signals so it, you can hear me. You know what? The problem with us is we don't have spiritual antennas anymore. I thank God for that lady right there. I can remember, Frazier, we were at a meeting and we'd gotten done and we went out, we went out for lunch one day and we're sitting in the uh, restaurant and we get ready to sit down and we walk by this lady and she looked familiar and I kind of went, hello, how are you? My wife walked by, we went to sit down. Now at this time, my children were about eight and six, okay? And anybody that has children, they know they need a mama, amen? Men are all thumbs sometimes. We need mama. You know what? Veronica went by and she said, Brian, sit down with the kids and get things uh, settled. I'm going to go back and talk to this woman. I'm going to be honest with you. In my, my heart, I said, okay, 
I wanted to look at my kids, Brother Downey, and say, why don't y'all don't just breathe? Don't, don't even breathe till your mom gets back. I don't even know how to handle this thing because, you know, here they are. They're hungry. They need food. And so we sat down, and the waitress comes. My wife's still talking to this woman. Waitress comes, and I, I, in my heart I said, you know what? I can't believe this. She's over there talking. We're trying to order because I'm on a mission, right? I got to eat. <laughs> Amen? I'm on a mission. Well, you know what I did? I did, Brother Dave. I, I ordered for my kids. I ordered for me. I ordered for Veronica. I said, you know what? In my heart, I said, I hope she likes what I ordered. <laughs> it was haggis. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but you know what? She came back and she sat down and there was tears that she was wiping away from her face. And I said, honey, what are you crying about? She said, you don't remember that lady? I said, no. She said she was in the service last night. She said, I just felt like I needed to go talk to her. And you know what? She said, that woman, her husband has left her. She's got a, a split home. Her, she don't know what to do with her kids. One of them's out there and don't even know what's going on. The other one's addicted to a certain, certain medication. And you know, her life is a mess. And all she wanted to do was have some time to pray. There was a, um, there was a knife on the table they had brought with the forks and the spoons. I wanted to take that and just, you know, because I really felt miserable. I sat there and I played my food. And I prayed right there, Brother Downey. I said, God, give me a spiritual antenna like my wife. Because you know what? They're hurting people all around you. And if you'll be sensitive like the Holy Spirit of God wants you to be, and if you'll be sensitive like our Savior, you will seek the needs of other people over your own. Ladies and gentlemen, our, listen, our Savior had not only a sensitive, uh, a sensitive spirit to their need, but number two, to their nature. Don't turn there, but there's a parallel passage in Luke chapter number 22 where the disciples were, listen, this is what they were doing. They were sitting around going, uh, Lord, uh, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? We want to know who's going to be the greatest. And they're arguing as me and they're, they're, they're really debating over who's going to be the best. You know what, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, I, I'm sure they probably said, well, you know what, that's already a done deal. Our mama's done talk to the Lord and we're going to sit on either side. And Peter, Peter probably looked at him and said, what are you talking about? You want some of me? Come on. They were almost at odds about to fight over who was going to be greatest. And you know what happened? Same passage, Dave. While they're arguing, while they're arguing, Carl, about who's going to be the greatest, the greatest, got up, went and got a basin of water, got a towel, and got down and began to wash their feet. Now, I want you to listen to me. You want to stop a problem at home? You want to quench an argument at work? Do you want to dispel that division with your kids and yourself? I'll tell you what you do. Just start serving. I bet they shut up real quick when he got that basin of water and that towel pan off and began to wash their feet. I bet the argument about who's going to be greatest was over. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to have a sensitive spirit. I remember distinctly I was at a church pastor and, you know, I asked the pastor, I said, what's that man doing? It was after the service and he was going through the auditorium. He was picking up the, 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 you know, the bulletins and picking up trash that was on the ground and he found a couple umbrellas and hung them on the back thing where you hang them and, and he was doing all this. Had a really nice suit on, man. I mean, and I said, man, this guy, I mean, he's dressed pretty good to be the janitor, you know? And, and he, listen, he was, he was in there and he was serving and I said, pastor, who is that guy? He, I said, is he the janitor? They said, he said, no. He said, he's the wealthiest man in our church. Wealthiest man. Yeah, he said he came to me a few months ago and he said, Preacher, I don't have a lot of gifts. And he said, I'm really not uh, a talented guy. He said, but I want to serve the Lord. And he said, you know what I wish? I wish you'd find something that nobody else wants to do and I want to do that. Richest guy in the church. And he had a sensitive, submissive spirit. Let me tell you something. If you want to have a spirit like that, you got to look at Jesus. Jesus had a sensitive spirit to not only their need, but their nature. We all know it, don't we? There's part of us, and deep down inside, we've got that nature. I want to be the one that gets the recognition. I want to be best. What you've got to do, and by the way, the next point is the one that's hardest. I want you to look at this. Not only that, but look at what ha happened. Look at verse number 12. So after that he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? 
Look, I want all of you to look at me. Jesus Christ had a submissive spirit. He had a sensitive spirit. But number three, he had a sacrificial spirit. Do you realize this was just 12 hours before he'd go before a mock trial and be, listen, and be condemned and be crucified? Just almost 18 hours before he's going to go to his death. And by the way, he was preeminent and preexistent. He knew that. He was looking out for the needs of others. He had a sacrificial spirit. Let me, give you, let me give you some things. Number one, you know what he did? Those disciples got up from him washing their feet. Think about this, Brother Downey. He got, they got up from washing, being, having their feet washed by the Lord himself. And they put their sandals on. And some of them went out just 18 hours later, 12 hours later, and were deserters. They literally ran when they came in the garden to get Jesus. And they scattered. The ones he had just washed their feet. He washed the feet of deserters. Not only that, but he washed the feet of a doubter. Remember Thomas? Thomas said, I will not believe unless I can touch him. And Jesus came and said, you know what, Thomas? You can touch me now. You doubted, but you don't have to doubt now. You can touch me. He washed the feet of not only deserters and doubters, but he washed the feet of a denier. Peter went out and warmed his hands by the fire of the enemy and denied the Lord three times. But Jesus still washed his feet. But even what's scarier than that? He washed doubters' feet. He washed deserters' feet. He washed the denier's feet. But he washed the feet of a deceiver. Do you understand that he took the sandals off of Judas Iscariot's feet and washed his feet? You say, preacher, you know what? There's some people, I, I, would, I ain't going to serve them. They done hurt me. They've done everything to me. You don't have that spirit then. Let me tell you something. I started a camp four years ago. We started a camp, Steve, for young people. Do you know what? There's a family that we minister to, and I listen, I personally in our camp have seen every one of their grandchildren come to Christ. But you know what? They got their feelings hurt over something so trivial that I can't even remember what it's about, and they left the church when all of their kids got saved in our ministry. You know what? Sometimes you serve those that will end up hating you. We Listen, we started our church. We started by the grace of God and for His glory only. We started a church because of six families in our area that weren't church. They weren't going anywhere. I had a burden for them. Do you understand that the six that we started the church for, God bless you, the six we started the church for left our church, left. And we were burdened for them to start the church. But you know what I watched my wife do? And listen, I, I'm going to brag on her because I, she is a servant. Let me tell you what my wife did. My wife cooked a meal just two months ago when the family that left our church and has not even talked to us, Frazier, listen, and made a meal for them, took it to their home when they were going through a difficult time with a family member. That's sacrificial. Let me ask you something. Are you going to be one of them kind of people that's going to say, you know what? I want to get all I can, can all I get, and sit on the lid. Or are you going to be sacrificial and say, you know what, Lord? It ain't how much I get. It's how much I give away. I submit to you that he who dies, you ever heard this statement? He who dies with the most toys wins. I've seen a bumper sticker in America that said, he who dies with the most toys wins. Men are crazy about collecting stuff, ain't we? We're worse than a woman sometimes. We are. <laughs> we really are. I mean, if it ain't cars, it's, you know, in, in America, it's, it's, it's guns. If it ain't guns, it's watches. If it ain't watches, it's something else. It's hunting gear. It's always something, okay? But you know what? The Scripture teaches us that he who dies, listen to me, he who dies with the dirtiest towel wins. Say la. He who dies with the dirtiest towel in the Christian life wins. Hey, if you going to live this life to be somebody? Or are you going to live this life to have the Spirit so you can serve somebody? Jesus had a sacrificial spirit, young people. I can't help but think about this missionary I heard about. Listen, on the field. Listen, when he got to Ethiopia, served the people of Ethiopia. He had a child get sick, had to ship him home to get some, some uh, medical aid. Listen, spent every penny he had in savings to build a building for the people he had a burden for in Ethiopia. 
Hey, listen, lived in a grass hut like they did. Walked three miles a day to get water. Hey, he said, I'm not going to be some Western American. I'm going to be like my people because I want to identify with what they go through. And you know what? Those people loved him with an everlasting love. He ministered to them for almost 22 years. One afternoon, he started to get a little pain in his tooth and in his mouth. He went to the dentist there in the, in the, in the country of Ethiopia. They said, we can't help you. You're going to have to get some more help. You're going to have to go somewhere else. You know what? Eventually, he was referred to a doctor, a dentist in the United States. He went and flew himself, flew to the United States, sat in the dentist chair, and he said, you've got an abscess. We need to take it out. He said, Doc, he said, what I want you to do is just go ahead and pull every tooth I got. He said, well, sir, your teeth are fine. He said, oh, you've got some abscess. He says, no, I want you to pull every tooth I have. And the dentist looked at him with a kind of an odd look and said, why? He said, because I don't ever want to have to come back home here in America and leave my people. He said, so because of a tooth. He said, pull every tooth I got and put dentures in. And they did that. That's sacrifice. Gareth, you know what happened? He died on the field back in 1993. You know what they did? They did what they did to David Livingston. They cut his heart out and buried it under a shade tree in Ethiopia and they shipped his body back to America because they said his heart is here. I want to ask you a question, young people. Do you have a submissive spirit? The Bible says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So you've got to have a submissive spirit. You've got to have a sensitive spirit. You've got to have a sacrificial spirit. But number four, Jesus Christ, the greatest servant, had a satisfied spirit. Look at verse number 13. Excuse me, verse number 17. The Scripture says, If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Now look up at me. You know what I found out? You're not happy about what you know about the Bible. You're happy because of what you do about what you know about the Bible. He didn't say happy are ye if you know them. He said happy are ye if you do them. And say do what? I think it's high time that some of us in this room got down and got a basin of water and a towel and started washing others' feet. Now I'm not talking about literally. I'm talking about being a servant. Do you have a submissive spirit? Do you have a sensitive spirit? Do you have a sacrificial spirit? And do you have a satisfied spirit? You want to know the reason why some of you in here are miserable? It's because you ain't serving others. I promise you this. You start serving Jesus Christ, you ain't got time to look at all the problems. If you start serving Jesus Christ and get busy for Him, you don't have time to focus on all the negative. You start focusing on the love of Christ. Start focusing on what He's done for you. Focus on what He can do for others. I promise you, get your eyes off of you and get them on Him. And you'll have a satisfied spirit. You can close your Bibles, I'm done. There's a man in our area, his name was Earl Gherkin. Earl Gherkin had uh, leukemia. He died a premature death, but he owned his own business, Gareth. And man, I'm telling you what, this guy was successful, but he loved God. Successful businessman. In construction, had a lot of employees. And I'm going to tell you right now, I did not realize this, but just, just months before he passed away, I found out from his pastor, who's in a local church in our area, he's, his pastor told me, he said, man, Earl Gherkin, okay, he's in heaven today, but Earl said he gave, he gave literally thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to help the missionaries that were funded through that local church. Only God knows how many people were saved on that mission field because of His help to that missionary. See, some of y'all may not even be able to go and be on a mission field, but you can be an aid to missionaries by helping in prayer, by giving, by mercy, whatever it is. You can be an effective tool in the mission field if you don't even go. Isn't that good? But let me tell you this, and I'm going to finish. I went to Earl Gherkin's visitation when he passed away, preacher. And I, was, I went by the casket and I looked at Earl Gherkin. And I looked at him in, in that casket. Isn't it amazing when people look at him and they say, my, he looks so natural. He ain't natural, he's dead. <laughs> you know? How natural can you look being dead? There ain't nothing natural about that. But I looked at him and you know what? There was a smile on his face. And I thought to myself, you know the reason why probably Earl's got a smile on his face even after he's dead? 
is because he's satisfied. He's been saved. He's been redeemed. Some of you in here, you know what? You say, preacher, I just don't know if I can give up that area of my life. I just don't know if I can do it. Can I ask you all a question? Have you ever studied out the life of Paul? Do you understand that Paul, listen, he may have traveled over 60,000 miles in his missionary journeys. Well, preacher, I tell you, it's just a little too far for me to go to church and it's raining today, so I just don't know if I can do it. Really? Really? And you want to tell me you got the spirit of a servant? Jesus Christ took a basin of water, Alex, and a towel and got down and you know how nasty feet are. You wouldn't want me to take my shoes and socks off in here. <laughs> it's all right to laugh in church. Some of y'all need to lighten up, man. We don't like to touch each other's feet. I, I mean, I, I don't want you touching my feet. I'm sorry. I love you, but you ain't going to do it. <laughs> Amen? You just ain't going to do it. I don't want nobody. But you know what? A true servant got down and washed all the dirt and all the filth and all the mud off of his own people's feet. And he said, he, listen, did you ever notice what he said? He said, if I wash your feet, he said, then you should wash my feet. He didn't say that, did he? He said, you ought to wash other, one another's feet. Isn't that amazing? You talk about sacrifice. Jesus didn't say, since I've done this to you, you need to do it to me. He said, no, I've done it to you, so you do it to each other. You do that for one another. Satisfied. I can't help but think when I got the news when I was over here in 2005, I believe, that my dear friend Phil Voss, you know what? I counted an honor. I thank God for the men that he's placed in my life. I thank God for Pastor Larry, one of my dear friends. I thank God for Nathan's dad. Dave Kisser's one of my dear friends. I thank God. These men have been mentors in my life, but another one was Phil Voss. I don't know if any of y'all remember him or met him. He came over early in the ministry here. Phil Voss died too. He was my pastor. And I'll never forget about the second time before I saw, the, sec, the sec, second to the last time before I saw, before he went to G, be with Jesus Christ, I remember him saying this to me. He said, you know what, Brian? He said, life's been difficult. I've gone through this leukemia. I'm getting ready to meet Jesus. I'm going to be promoted. He said, but you know what? It's been sweet to serve Christ and my soul is satisfied. Is yours? It might be the reason it's not. It's because you ain't serving. Are you serving? Do you have that spirit? Do you have a submissive spirit? Or are you going to kick against everything? I ain't going to do that. Jesus laid aside royalty and came here and took on the form of a man and washed people's feet. And you going to tell me you can't do something? Do you have a sensitive spirit? Are you sensitive to the needs of others, the need of cleansing, the need of comfort? Are you sensitive to people's nature and where they live? and willing to meet them where they live like Christ does. Do you have a sacrificial spirit? And do you have a satisfied spirit? Happy day. Happy day. When Jesus washed my sins away. Are you happy? Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I wonder this morning if you'd say with a closed eye and bowed head, at Lord, you'd say, you know what, preacher? I... I've not had that attitude. I've not had the spirit of a servant, but I want one. I want to have more submission in my life. I want to be more sensitive. I want to be more sacrificial. I want to be satisfied in my life. And when I get to the end of this journey, I want to be able to smile and say, my soul is satisfied. And you would say with an upraised hand, preacher, would you pray for me? I want that kind of attitude in my life with an upraised hand. God bless you. Once you put it up, you put it down. You're in this room and you'd say, you know what? There's some things between me and my Savior. It's gotten in between us. And I want you to pray that before I leave here, that I'll be refreshed in my spirit and I'll give those things over to Christ and I'll relinquish my right and I will give them over and surrender everything to Him. And you'd say with an upraised hand, Preacher, pray for me. I've got some things I need to let go of. God bless you. Once you put it up, you can put it down. God bless you. Thank you. Can we do this? Can we stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? I'm going to do this today. Hand, standing right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looking around. I'm going to give this opportunity for you. If you need to come, 
If you need to come and you need to pray and just cast your burdens upon the Lord, listen, lay your burdens down at the altar. Don't take them back with you. Lay them down. If you need to pray today, the altar, the invitation is this. Whosoever will, let him come. If you need to come, you come on. If you want to pray this morning, don't be ashamed. Be acclaimed. If you need to come this morning, you come and pray. That's right. You come on up here. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. If you need to come, that's right, come on. Don't be ashamed, you come on. Let it go. Let God have His way. You want to be a servant? Then you're going to have to emulate what our Savior did. You say, but preacher, you don't realize what they did to me. It don't matter. Are you willing to relinquish your handle on something and let God have it? Stop holding on to the hurt. All it's going to do is affect your destiny. You hold on to history, it's going to affect your destiny. And it'll come at that expense. Let it go this morning. Give it to Jesus Christ. We're going to sing that verse here in just a second. Just as I am without one plea. As people are praying at the altar, I want you with heads bowed and eyes closed to sing that verse when we get to it. And sing it with your heart. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. As Shelley continues to play, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. People still doing business with God at the front. Please cr pray, Christian, right where you're at. Just pray. Ask God to do a work in your heart and pray for these ones that's come this morning. Maybe you haven't come, but you've made a personal altar where you're standing. Are you going to run the white flag and surrender up? Are you going to say, I surrender all? The only one that has, the only one that has any, any power over that is you. You've got to let it go. God's already provided the way. You've got to let it go. Let's sing it again. First verse. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou beats me unto thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just continue to play over, Jelly. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your goodness today. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your power. Thank you for demonstrating it in an upper room where you took a basin of water and a towel and you girded yourself and washed disciples' feet. God, help us to do also to others. Help us to be sensitive. Help us to be sacrificial. Lord, help us to be satisfied at the end of our life. We would hear you because of what we've done for you. Hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. God, thank you for these young people. Thank you for Bethel. Thank you for all that are in attendance today. And I pray that you'd give us a spirit of a servant. Lord, we'll love you and we'll praise you for what you do in our midst. Because we ask it in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, and for his sake. And all God's people said, Amen.